hello and you're all very welcome to the Right to Change radio podcast. This is episode nine here and today I'm, it's a great pleasure and a privilege to talk to Yulia Martiniak from Unite Hospitality and Tourism Coordinator. And you're very, very welcome along, Yulia. Hi, Dominic. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Not at all. And listen, I mean, it seems like another world, although it's not that long ago. You and I were walking around, I think it was Smithfield, going in and out to shops, restaurants, handing out leaflets, trying to encourage people to get involved in unions. And that was before we'd actually, I think, ever heard of the word COVID, wasn't it? It was a few, six months, nine months before that. And now here we are on the other side of all that. And you're, well, you're still out there doing it. And and how do you find now that the reaction of people, because people are going back into work, sometimes maybe just out of necessity rather than, you know, being delighted to be back uh, or anything like that. So what's the feeling out there now at the moment? Like you see, I think that the whole task is very, very difficult because uh, we really starting um, from educating workers because uh, unfortunately, majority from what I observe uh, by talking to, to, to workers is then people do not know their rights. They don't know what the union is. They don't know where to go for help. And it is um, massive task to, to, to reach out to those workers. And I actually noticed then every time I go out and leaflet, doesn't matter what it is, if it's a workers' rights campaign or if it's a COVID safety campaign. Or recently I was actually doing a survey and that's why I was out leafletting. Is it, do you think, I mean, you mentioned, right, you know, education and they don't know about the help that is available. But is it sometimes maybe that they're afraid to avail of this help? Because Uh, the situation is so kind of precarious as it is. They're hanging on to these jobs. um, And, you know, maybe they're afraid. They are very, very afraid. And even, um, you know, I ensure everybody who took a part in a survey, then it's not about naming any businesses. It's not about naming workers. Yes. It's not in Mm -hmm. any way to compromise the safety of their privacy. It's just to do a little bit of the research about the sector. So it's going to be easier for us to to present what uh, workers have to struggle with on a regular basis. But people are still afraid and uh, they, some of them didn't want to participate. And as well, there is a lot of uh, migrants who simply don't have an English uh, at the yeah, moment. It is efficient uh, enough, so they don't understand the word survey. And I'm talking actually about front of the house workers at the mm-hmm. moment because uh, everybody knows how difficult it is at the, uh, for the employers uh, to recruit staff. Yes, yes, now. of course. Yeah. And there are several calls to stop pandemic unemployment payment which are extremely unfair and harmful for the workers. Like from what I observe in my branch, everyone who could return to work uh, did return, but people actually experience uh, wages cut. God, yeah. It is absolutely crazy because, you know, like now we're expecting people to 
not only come back to uh, unacceptable conditions, which yeah, are in the second yeah. more day. But now they want them to come back like cheaper. Cheaper. They're risking their life yeah. and their health and the life and health of their loved ones. And actually, I get a calls in December uh, when the hospitality reopen, uh, just before we get a huge spike in uh, in uh, COVID cases and yes. it has to be closed mm -hmm. again. So I was alert of the outbreaks in the restaurant. So mm -hmm. um, the workers who are like in their early 20s, they didn't have any symptoms at all. And once the, there were signs that uh, some of the workers developed symptoms and they sick with COVID and they all get tested, yes. few more tested yeah. positive Gracious. without any symptoms previously. And actually, uh, I get alerted only because um, one person gets really upset because they brought, uh, they brought uh, uh, virus home to, home to, to them, parents. to their family. Yeah, I mean, this is... Yes. I, I, it is really, really, it's heartbreaking to listen to it. And it remind, I'm just thinking in actual fact of um, your first choice piece of music, um, which is a wonderful song by Leonard Cohen called Everybody Knows. And it's got this fantastic line in it that says, everybody knows that the deal is rotten. Old Black Joe is still picking cotton for your ribbons and bows. And everybody knows. But unfortunately, it's maybe a little bit more difficult to know about it or the difference between knowing about it and doing something about it. And we'll talk a little bit about that after we have a listen to Leonard Cohen. Everybody knows that the days are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows Got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And the long stem rolls Everybody there's Leonard Cohen everybody knows and uh, what a wonderful song that is and everybody knows but what on earth can we do about it and now we have people I'm talking here to Yulia Marciniak from Unite Hospitality and Tourism and now we have people Yulia going back to jobs we have employers kind of saying well they don't want to come back they don't want to come back because they're better off on the PUP I mean what do, what's your what's your actually reaction what's your answer to that I think then, first of all, if anybody is better on 350 than in a full-time employment, we have to really question what the quality of jobs and wages they, uh, are in the hospitality sector. Because Indeed. like it's make it sound like it's a fortune. And actually, most of the people can't even imagine how you survive. We have to keep in mind 
the how high the rents in Ireland yeah. are, exactly. how difficult it is to um, to to make live it on uh, living on three fifty. Well, and I mean, as well, it sounds think, it sounds very like to me. I mean, if, if there was only one person working in a particular family, um, the rent on its own is is nearly going to take care of three fifty before anybody puts any food near their mouth or travels into work or any of the other expenses. Like, to be honest, there is the, that's why the sector really rely on migrants and young workers. Mm, yes. Because there is literally no way to make a decent living, to start a family, to be able to, to rent a place without sharing. There is a lot of people who not only share the household, they're sharing rooms. They're sharing bedrooms, and yeah. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely. sharing bedrooms. So, you know, like you essentially get people who spend all day long working and they, they have no privacy after all. And they're going to, to, to the share bedroom um, after the whole whole day of work because they simply cannot afford it to, to rent their own room, not to mention their own apartment. Exactly. But what is very important, I think, because, you know, everybody is always like, oh, it's 350 pandemic unemployment payment. We have to really highlight that there is a four rates of pandemic unemployment payment and they are in the co in accordance of earnings uh, pre-COVID-19. Yes, yes. So in other words, so, 350 is the highest. Am I right? 350 is the yeah. highest yeah. and actually 350 it's only for the workers it's before pandemic made, uh, made above uh, 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 400 euros. So basically 350, it's uh, only for workers it make more than 400 euros a week. So any worker on 350 has to lose at least 50 euros a week. So they are not making more. They are making less. Of course. And you know, so it's like it's very very unfair and as well like you know we know that the sector didn't really fully reopen yet so calls to stop pandemic unemployment now it's so unfair and it's so selfish and unconsidered i understand that the business is struggling as well and they're doing everything to survive mm -hmm. but you can't yeah. call for a pandemic unemployment payment when there is a thousands of workers if the workplaces didn't even reopen yet. Exactly. So and some, in some cases, no sign of them reopening. And um, like it, hospitality. Like pubs are, uh, pubs are closed uh, since, since this uh, uh, pandemic started. Started, yeah. They didn't March, even reopen. Months. Yeah, March 12th. So months. that is, yeah. exactly. So that's, that is absolute madness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think then, you know, like uh, that is very difficult and stressful for our workers as well, because it's always, you know, it's only one sided narrative. Nobody really talks to the workers. And sometimes there is uh, people, there is two people in the household and they both were working in the hospitality sector, yeah. like close friend of mine herself and her husband. They both hospitality workers and they have uh, four kids. And now they they, they both, uh, uh, you know, on and off from pandemic unemployment payment, trying to get to work anytime they want. It is ex and any any time they have opportunity mm. to get back to work. That's a, I mean, and it, it's, it's, it would be hard to believe if we didn't know it was true. There's no question about it. It would be hard to believe if we didn't already know it was true. 
So listen, you've chosen a very, very apt second piece of music for us, which I kind of think maybe answers the question, well, what are we going to do about it? And we'll talk a little bit more about that after we listen to Bob Marley singing Stand Up For Your Rights. So there's Bob Marley telling us all what to do. Stand up for your rights. And the problem is, in some cases, Yulia, you would say, well, some of the workers, they don't know their rights. They're not aware of their rights. And maybe in a situation where you would, all, you would almost call it like an abusive situation or where they've certainly been used or abused, but they're not aware of it. I, you see, I think then the bar think so low yeah the the standards in the whole sector are generally Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. so the people think it's everywhere like this and i can confirm from my own experience because i changed jobs many many times Mm -hmm. and there was really very rarely then the basic entitlements were respected most of the time it's rather no break or no holiday pay or verbal abuse and I think then that bad conditions become a norm and because we get a sector dominated by young people and by migrants with no previous experience working uh, or no previous experience working in Ireland they just think then this is a norm because it's the norm yeah and like i mean young people i was talking to a friend of mine the other day and i'm a certain age i'm 65 years of age and i would remember a time back when i started going into pubs and that right that there would be such a thing and it's a very rare thing now and let's say 
a barman aged about 50 or 55 and he'd been working for 25 years, 30 years in that pub. And you never see that anymore. It's always they want the 18 or 19 year old. They don't mind if you're going to leave after a year or 18 months, as long as they don't really have to pay you too much and they can treat you any way they want. Exactly. And you see that all the bartenders used to be unionized. Exactly. So they yes, yeah. get a better pay rate mm-hmm. and they get better working conditions. And actually there was some um, career in, a, uh, there was some promise of the career in the hospitality sector. And now you literally don't have any career progression offered to you. So I done the job in Poland and in Ireland for almost 20 years. And yeah. I was still for um, most of my employment on minimum wage. Actually, I never earn a living wage. And in some cases, you know, like imagine I have like 17 years experience of work yeah. and I'm still on minimum wage. And they want wage. you to go in on the bottom on the bottom rung all the time because the bottom rung is where they want everybody. Unfortunately, exactly. that's the way it works. That is the actual but you way see, it works. What is strange because, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you're asking, oh, so how is the work? It's like, oh, no, all is good in here, all is good in here. And as you know, I, 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 I done recently a survey and I'm actually looking on some of the results. Mm-hmm. And I think that will sh- tell you all. So for a question, did you receive extra premium payment for work on Sundays? 23.4% say yes. 73.4% say no. And 3.1% say, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Well, still, so, that like, is weighted in one direction there. 73% don't yeah, get anything extra. The, don't get anything no. extra on Sunday. It's, you see, it's you're like very absolute... lucky to have this job. You know that? You're very, very lucky to have this job. I'm like, I, I actually suffer for a survival guilt. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because I feel I feel like, you know, I really feel for all those workers and, you know, I try my best to to educate it, to reach out, to, to educate people, to reach out to people, to to help them, to give them information where to go. But, you know, like we really starting from scratch, from nothing, from from the point when people don't know their rights when people don't know what the union is and it's very very difficult to build anything you know i will love to get people Mm -hmm. together to the active branch when they see all right we can campaign for this we can campaign for that we are here together it's thousands of us they're not gonna ignore us but to be honest we have to start even from here it's um, person x in employment y and they've been abused and I can help them. Yes, I can give them a yes. legal advice. They can get a union representative of, on the disciplinary meeting, on the grievance meeting. So that's, you know, it's already changing, but we have to build like, you know, from the smallest um, individual issues to the big issues of yes. the whole sector. Because if those people come together and start to talk, they will realize then most of the problems they're facing are the problems each the colleague in, in another employment, another restaurant, another pub are facing as well. So I think then that alone will empower them. Just knowing then then that what's then they are not alone. 
Yes. And yeah. you, you see, if I, if I, because there are very, very, very basic rights, each are being denied to workers. And a lot, and, of, you it know, is, like, a lot of it is them knowing what rights they have. I mean, it's, there's a lot of education here to be done because, they, you know, it's, if you don't know what your rights are, if you're unaware, as, as you said earlier, if you're unaware that you're being used and abused, it's very difficult, you know, to get people Oh, you to compare it. to wars. Oh, you compare to wars. Yes. And you, Somewhere you, I, else it's wars. Oh, in my country they pay less. And I actually, I came with the same attitude because by the time I, I came in here, I was paid four times more than I was paid in Poland. Okay. And yeah. at first I was like, wow, wow, I'm going to save so much. And, and then, and then you found out weeks. how much everything costs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, okay, so I'm literally here working all day long yeah. just to pay my rent, just yeah. to pay for food, just, just to, to pay survive. for my bills, yeah. and just maybe visit home. Exactly. You know, so it's no, no way of saving. And I think that is another thing because it is like vicious circle. Because people have absolutely no safety. They don't have any money no. put aside. It's paycheck so, to paycheck, really. It's like one week to the next. And if, for whatever reason, be it, say, through illness, for any reason whatsoever, and illness is a big thing now with the COVID, and they fall through that gap. I mean, it's, you know, there's no safety net, as you say. There is absolutely not. And if you actually, when you mentioned the sick pay, like most of the workers are coming sick to work. They're coming anyway. in sick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there is no sick pay. That's the one thing. But even like, uh, I think in one of the employments, I got a sick pay. It would kick in after three days. So the three days was unpaid. If you get uh, more than three days, you you were entitled to, 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 a, mm. to a sick pay. But then sometimes people feel unwell just for a week or whatever so you kind of push it through because as well you have to go to the doctor of course and you have and to get pay. All, oh yeah jump through all the hoops in other words yeah uh, you, know? you have to pay at least 50 euro for a doctor as well yeah i know yeah this is and it all sometimes you would just wonder and i'm sure you do a lot as to how these people actually survive even up to the standard or level that they do you know because it, it really really is uh, sometimes and I, I think that's what that's why the employers get so much control over people because they literally desperate to to do anything to, to get more yeah. hours Just to survive. survive. Yeah. And you know, like it's a very common that the workers don't have the full time contracts. So basically, your hours variate from week to week. And you are on the mercy on the employer or you are on the mercy of the seasons as well. Because like mm -hmm. January, February, March, it's basically death. So people work any shift possible in mm. the rest of the year. Anything that's and made like, available, yeah. But even like, you know, like uh, I'm often thinking of chefs as well, because for chefs suddenly in, in Ireland, it's um, kind of normal to work over 11 hours, 12 hours a day. I, I heard of people working sometimes 15 hours a day and you get head chef. It's uh, are in some places, not all of places, because some of the offers for head chef I, I saw recently, they are absolute disgrace and they are actually insulting. And that one happened when they struggled to recruit chefs and because a lot of chefs actually left the sector. They used that opportunity during COVID to search for different careers. 
Well, and some of them yes. find it. I mean, I'll tell you, there's a lot of that. And I suppose you can't really blame things because that, that goes with the territory. I, I know a little bit about this because my son is a chef. And yes. I was I was at a party some time ago and I was talking to this chap who was just sitting beside me. I was telling him that I said, you know, and he said, oh, guess what? You know, I went to Cottle Brewer Street to actually to be a chef and study for that. Right. And then we had a little bit of a reunion. And at this stage, these guys would have been about, say, 40. And he said, mm-hmm. of all the people in the class, there was only about two or three still doing it because it actually COVID or no COVID, it kind of comes with the territory of that, that you really are going to be working. You're going to be working when other people are off. You're going to be working at nights. You're going to be working, in my son's case, very early in the morning. You know, that just kind of that goes with it. You know, it goes with you're going to be working when other people are not working. Like, definitely. I I actually remember my first weekend off or my first Christmas off. Mm. Yes, <laughs> because yeah, of course, ever yeah. since I arrived to Ireland, I was just always working Christmas. I was w- always working in the weekends, you know. And you you literally don't like, oh my God, like you have a two days off together. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, wow. because they often like spread apart. Mm. Very, very and, seldom and that happens. Two days off in hospitality. But I think, but I think as well, it's all about respect because what I really because. After a long period of time, when you're being denied your rights and you're being denied respect, and actually most of the complaints I come across with, it's about treatment. It's not even about wages. The hours of the wages. It's the about treatment. bullying, yeah. Yeah. bullying, harassment, and I I notice then you know like um, I find shocking that people greet me when I come to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. when people greet me in, in Unite when I come to work. Yes. And yes, I was at yeah. first, I was kind of like, is it someone behind me? Because people actually greet me. They say, good morning. Good God, And yeah. as a waitress, nobody will even bother to oh, greet you. Just... And then listen, you know, because like... I, want, I want to sort of finish up on a positive type of note, right? I want you, if there are people listening to us, right, who'll be saying, well, now, mm-hmm. what can I do? Who do I contact? Where where do I start to break away from this? I think the start is to to join hospitality and tourism branch in Unite yes. to get in touch with the workers exactly the same like you. And as well, you know, from everybody who is listening to it, it's not um, difficult to to tell that I'm migrant worker myself. Yeah. Then I experience it. And, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, it's going to be people in the suit. It's going to be those important people. There is no import- more and less important people. Exactly. Everybody is the same important. And I think that this pandemic actually show us quite clearly who essential workers are. Of course, the people who worked um, down in the shops and kept the shops open. I mean, do you remember? We we all remember at the very start of it, there was this all. Do you remember like the, the panic for the toilet rolls? Um, <laughs> sounds oh, yes. ridiculous. Oh, but, you God. know, there was that kind of feeling at the beginning when nobody knew. Well, you know, Will, will will the supermarket be open? Will the butchers be open? Will we be eating? And all that sort of thing. And who kept and it open? And then you have to think about cleaners as well. Yes, yeah. But there was the girls it, down behind the counter that kept the country going. Of course, of course. You know, um, and the cleaners yeah. and all the other people who kept it, who kept it rolling along. And, I mean, as you're saying there about the union... 
it's you know I know it's a cliche but it's so so very true like all cliches together we're stronger together you will be stronger if you are with people who are in the same situation and you're organized that's most important organized yes like most definitely because you know like it's very it is very very difficult speaker to organize because you know there is a lot of small employers as well and mm-hmm. small companies but we have to fight together for general improvement of wages and working conditions and as well to make sure that the workers get what they are already entitled to because they often been denied of the basic rights and it get tremendous effect of mental health on yes. physical health yeah. you know just yeah. i'm just uh, scrolling through the survey and for example on that note i get um where you always offer a proper break during work 66.7 percent answer no no yeah so we get almost 70% of people who are denied the break. A break, during even work. just a break. Yeah, you just know, a break. something, as, something it, as basic as that that's needed. And I mean, as you say, you know, you join up the union, you get together. It, it's, it's easier said than done for a lot of people, because I think even some of the people that are, that are coming in to say work in a particular restaurant or that, they might not even all be the same nationality. They might not even speak the same language. We are asking a lot for people to come together. Exactly. Like that is a, that is a fair point because people are kind of naturally getting divided. And our mission is to make them understand that it doesn't mm. matter if that person is from Romania, if that person is from Poland, if that person is from Brazil, they're facing the same working conditions. And you will all be made welcome. And... You know, and we have to act together. Yeah. There is no better, there is no worse, there is no smarter, there is no, um, you know, like different kind of people who deserve more respect. We all deserve respect. And you know and what? I think on, on those words, Yulia, I think I'm going to say they, they are, they, that is our philosophy. Everybody deserves respect. And I'm going to play out with a a wonderful song by Paolo Nutini called Iron Sky. But before I do that, I would really, really like to say thank you so, so much. It's a pleasure, as always, talking to you. Somebody who's so committed. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you very much, Dominique. We are proud. Individual living for the city, but the flames couldn't go much higher. We find God and religion. To paint us with salvation But no one No, no 